Zedheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Lucy. And this is The Walking Dead Cast, episode 384. It's been a while since we did a proper podcast. And it has since been... you were on. Yeah. I know. I think it was last year. It's I been missed a hot you. Minute. Yeah, it's I missed good. it too. Good. I'm glad. I was um I was thinking about it just the other week. I was like, damn, I feel like we really went through something like last year. We were talking every week, and now it's like, oh, it's been a it's gone. been a couple of months. It's but gone. yeah, it's great. Yeah, well. Um, this episode is made possible by Patreon supporters like Melanie Stewart, who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you, Melanie, for that. Yay, Melanie. Yay. Thank you. And what we're doing today since Walking Dead starts up again next week and since yeah. it's been a long, I think it's been a longer break than usual. I think Walking Dead started a little earlier for season 10 and now the second half is starting a little later than usual. So that's why it feels. I think that's right. Like I feel time. like it doesn't usually start till Halloween ish, but I think we were recording on early uh, October, the main show from early October. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And uh, sometimes it starts up again in early February, but now it's late February. So anyway, we decided to do an episode reminding everyone where we are in the story with you know what's happened in season ten so far, what stands out for us, and also maybe a little bit about what we're hoping for in the rest of the season. So that's yeah. today's episode. So for season 10 so far, I'm going to read a summary of each episode one at a time, and then we'll just talk a little bit about what stands out in our memory about it. We should probably yes. try not to go super deep because there's a lot to cover, but just like mm -hmm. some main points about, you know, what we remember. Yeah, some little surprises and some hot moments, I hope. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fun to go back over because I was like, what happened? Where? What's going on? I think Daryl was in it. <laughs> so I then... feel like I really noticed like in some podcasts and some shows where you binge watch, like when things come out all at once and you, you watch all of it. I found generally this half of the season held together a lot better when I sort of binged it over the last couple of days. I was like, oh, this feels better paced than I remembered and things seem to go quicker. I think when we were doing it week to week, it maybe suffered a little bit from some of the stop start. Yeah. Of it. So I found it to be the, the bulk rewatch to be a really good experience in that sense. I think Walking Dead in general works better that way. Sometimes mm -hmm. it feels like it drags more in previous seasons, actually. But when you watch it yeah. all together, it's better. Mm hmm. 100%. So interesting. So um, at the end of season nine, the whispers had gone south for the winter and the kingdom fell and the kingdomers mm -hmm. moved to Hilltop. And so in season 10, episode one, lines we cross. Months after the winter storm, the communities thrive without any signs of the whispers. Though Michonne insists they respect Alpha's border to avoid further conflict. After a whisper mask washes ashore at Oceanside and a skin is found in the woods nearby, the groups mm -hmm. are put on high alert. They observe an old Soviet Union satellite crash to the earth within the whisper's boundary. Michonne agrees to send fire extinguisher crews to prevent the fire spread. 
Daryl and Carol wander off on their own where Carol spots Alpha who's watching her. So that's the summary. What what stands out to you about that episode? I re-listened to our episode about that episode mm-hmm. and I feel like I should say like apologize to listeners because we sound demented on that episode. Why? <laughs> we're both so happy that we're not covering the other oh, show. That right. we're, it it's literally so good. sounds like it's brilliant. it sounds like we have both taken something and are like ah, ah. So I'm so sorry. (laughs) That said, listening to it made me appreciate. I thought this was probably one of the strongest episodes. Um, I rewatching it, the satellite thing was really cool, and that opening scene I think might be one of my favorites in the show as a whole. The the beach opener, um, with the kind of military sort of military argument. Yeah, Yeah, the training montage. That's the word I'm looking for. That was cool. Yeah. That was really cool. So I think it was a really strong episode and it really put a lot of things into place for the episodes that were to come, particularly the introduction of Dante, which happens in this episode as well. And rewatching that, I was like, oh yeah, this planted <laughs> that seed right early on. Um, and as with everything, when you're watching it, knowing what comes after, it becomes a little bit more sinister and a little bit more interesting. So I really, really enjoyed this episode and... I think all of those points are very strong in it. What stood out for you? Yeah. I remember the the interesting structure where they showed different groups yes. leading up to the satellite landing. And um, mm. there was focus on interplay between Carol and Daryl, which continued through the season. Mm-hmm. And I liked It's fun to watch those characters interact. And yes. I think there was more overt Daryl and Connie flirting there was that was a standout moment was the whole beach interaction in sign language and then daryl coming along at the end and that sort of knowing look between kelly and connie was a really (laughs) nice sort of set piece i loved that yeah and i remember loving that there was an emphasis on fear and paranoia of the whispers coming Mm -hmm. back or infiltrating and and Uh, i knew they were going to do that i had heard but i didn't know if it would be effective and i thought it really was and I, you know, that continued to permeate the season, and um, then they turned out to be right because of Dante. So I think that whole arc of that feeling of fear and paranoia and how it affected them and everything has been really good this season. And it set up some good character dynamics. We got a kind of quick update on Daryl Carroll, uh, Ezekiel, and we also got Rosita and the three men in a baby situation, <laughs> which comes turns out to be quite important as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. We also got moments with uh, Luke and with Eugene, who were two highlights of the season for me generally. So that was a nice place to start. Yeah, was, that's right. Um, yeah. Establishing those characters a little different from when we last saw them, but that feeling of being hey, hey, the gang's all here, we're back kind of thing was a real highlight. Yeah, and it had a similar kind of cool, urgent feel as season three, episode one, where Mm -hmm. they've become a well-oiled machine, but even to a greater degree here. Yep, nobody had to eat dog food. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, season 10, episode two, We Are the End of the World. A whisperer Mm -hmm. holds resentment towards Alpha for forcing her to abandon her child. She attacks Alpha in the midst of a walker herd, but her sister Gamma kills her, earning Alpha's respect. Beta discovers a shrine that Alpha has dedicated to Lydia, where Alpha reveals that she lied to the whisperers about killing Lydia. Alpha destroys the shrine to prove that Lydia is, quote, dead to her. Beta informs Alpha of the satellite crash, leading Alpha to return to the border to investigate. She spots Carol from a distance. 
flashbacks detail how Alpha met Beta and formed the basis for the Whispers. Mm-hmm. So what about this one? That was one, it was you and Karen that covered it on the show. So that was one that I never really stuck my teeth into. <laughs> Zombie pun. In the same way. I loved the introduction of Gamma because Thora Birch is really exceptional. I like Thora Birch a lot. I was watching, when I was re-watching, I love what she does with that character. I love her kind of slouchy posture as Gamma and the sort of uncertainty that she has. And seeing her established was cool because it sets up that dynamic with Beta of unease amongst the the upper Whisperers. And the flashback, although probably not one of my favourite episodes, I think the flashback was interesting and it was cool to get some backstory for Beta in particular, mm. who has been just a bit of a caricature up till this point. Right. Yeah, he starts to become more fleshed out. And I liked the kind of sick and twisted relationship between Alpha and Beta where she's like mm-hmm. digging, furiously digging guts out of a Zed and he's like, well, you're different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that he respects her. And... um I, I like that this, I think this might have been the first episode where it really leaned hard on framing the whispers as a cult centered around mm-hmm. Alpha and where yeah, they all sort of, of give up their identities and all their belongings in service of this one charismatic dominant leader and her ideals. Mm-hmm. And it did give you an idea of that weird charisma that she has that's not necessarily a nice cult of personality but this kind of way that she draws people to her Mm -hmm. and how essential beta is for that it also gives you a little bit more about alpha and lydia um which i think is useful to remind us that they're mother and daughter because they haven't actually had that many episodes together so it's a good way of re-establishing that connection between the two because it's easy to forget between seasons and between episodes that they are you know they have this very close familial bond Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's another sort of sick and twisted relationship. Like in a flashback, she tells young Lydia if, if she can't keep quiet, Alpha's going to have to lead her behind. Mm-hmm. But I think that's at the same time she's complimenting Lydia for telling when Lydia said she, I forget what she said, something that Alpha liked hearing. But mm-hmm. either way, it's like, oh man, horrible mom. But oh yeah, there's a there's a kind of a codependent bond there that also lasts throughout the season. Yes, and she is in her own sick and twisted way trying to protect her still at that point, mm-hmm. and you do see that, which I think makes the the shrine aspect a bit more believable because otherwise it's like, really, Alpha? Yeah. But it does back that up slightly mm-hmm. more. And, and yeah, she's sort of at odds with herself about the way she expects everyone else to not have attachments, and yet she still feels this attachment towards her own daughter and wants to try to hide it from everyone. Um because it'll make her look weaker as a cult leader. Mm-hmm. But uh, did we also learn that Beta was maybe in a mental hospital? Yes. That- um, it's it's definitely a hospital building. Some people thought it might be rehab. Okay. I can't remember what the visual clues had, like, were. Soft walls, but I don't know for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I remember Lydia being in a, a kind of soft, maybe not quite padded, but a soft yeah. room. Um, so it was a bit of myster- uh, mysteriousness there. Oh, and we learned about Beta and his um, smiley face t-shirt, that it's a, a friend or family member yeah. who he inherited that t-shirt from. And was keeping alive as a Zed. Yes, and it tied in quite neatly with a bit of a reveal in the next episode and a reveal in fear, of all places, about Beta. Right, well, let's not give that away. Yeah, but Beta's identity <laughs> right. prior to 
the yeah. apocalypse. Yeah, and I think yes. we're going to get more on that in the second half of the season, I would guess. I really hope we get a full episode it, in a particular style to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> right. With a certain kind of music. Okay, yes. so season 10, episode 3, Ghosts. The group in Alexandria defends the community against constant waves of walkers, mm. leading the survivors to suspect that Alpha is sending the walkers. Negan earns Aaron's trust after saving him from walkers riddled with hogweed. Gamma arrives mm. in Alexandria and tells the group to meet Alpha at the border, where Alpha demands more land as punishment for crossing into her territory. Carol tries to kill Alpha after she boasts about Henry's death, but Michonne and Daryl stop her. This is where it becomes really apparent that there's a mole, because Alpha knows exactly when they cross the border. She says five times, mm-hmm. and she can list every single time, which is such a great way of sowing those seeds of of paranoia even further because how could she know that Mm -hmm. like and obviously we find out but it's a really strong moment because it really throws the heroes as it were it throws them for a loop and us too how does she know and us yeah how how does she know that (laughs) um and i remember the with this episode the sense of sort of intensity and the kind of constant onslaught of walkers and the way that they divided the episode up into hours, like hour five, hour ten, was really effective. Because right. they're this all sort of, of everyone... not able to sleep. Mm-hmm. And this lack of sleep making people do wild things and make silly decisions. But at the end, we find out that Carol wasn't hallucinating. There was a whisperer in there. Um, in the gym hall, is it where Carol has her her altercation where she thinks that she sees a whisperer? Yeah, and everyone thinks, no, no, you're taking too many caffeine. Well, I hope they're caffeine pills. I think they might be something stronger. I think it was Adderall, um, but I don't know. For yeah, sure. <laughs> and it turns out in the final moments that we see that it's it's true. And I like this because it really brought the kind of horror film thriller genre to the fore, and um, I kind of upped our anticipation of the reveals that were going to come mm-hmm. afterwards but she the thing is that she was hallucinating about some of it because oh, yeah, she cause... saw that book cover of her holding a platter of pancakes with all her loved ones around a table with slit throats jason Lindsay we don't Mika. know that she didn't kickstart that so <laughs> let's just not... <laughs> right. kickstarter za edition. carol's cookies for one dollar donation you can have <laughs> yeah it's like it's a little edgier in tone but it kind of fits the times yeah but then the, also the um daryl this kind of weird domestic scene where daryl's gonna go to the shop and henry's sitting at the table yeah. and yeah it, and it did a really good job of being quite surreal this episode she has she hallucinates Daryl t- telling her a story about his trucker father or something. I can't remember yes! exactly what the story was. Oh, but. and there's that classic horror film reveal of like, what? My dad wasn't a trucker. Right. Or yeah. Similar line. And you're like, oh, oh no. That, real. that looked real. <laughs> uh, she's been dead for uh, 10 years. <laughs> and that, that was all great because A, it was really fun and creepy. B, it showed that. Carol's just driving herself insane with her mm-hmm. zeal about wanting to kill Alpha. And C, it fits in with the whole theme of the the whispers just trying to drive the heroes mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, there's just no really sense good. of what's real and what's not. It's yeah. just unreliable. It's I love that. Really episode. Powerful. And, and Eugene makes a play for Rosita, I think, but she tells them squarely they're just friends. And at the time I thought, okay, good, they said it straight. But then... Rosita proceeds to kind of play with Eugene's heart for the rest of the season, I think. She does. <laughs> she really does. She uh, she likens it to being drunk. She says she's so tired. It feels like she's drunk, but she kind of 
bursts out at him you know this is never going to happen and yeah. eugene says something about you know dead men say sober words not dead men drunk men say sober words or something similar and <laughs> that sets up eugene's arc of kind of separating himself from that over the season yeah but then later she's not to jump ahead but just this one thing is she's on the walkie-talkie on the phone saying, you call me back <laughs> <laughs> hey Eugene, you okay? <laughs> How's it going? Okay, season 10, episode 4, Silence the Whispers. At Hilltop, a tree collapses and knocks down the wall. The survivors defend the community from an invasion of walkers. As it is believed that the tree was knocked over by the whispers, Lydia is attacked by a group of Alexandrians. Negan saves her, accidentally killing mm. one of the attackers in the process. The council is conflicted on what to do with Negan, but Negan goes missing, putting the community on high alert. A depressed Ezekiel nearly attempts suicide, but Michonne intervenes. Michonne, Judith, Luke, and the others travel to Oceanside to help the community with walkers. And we still don't know who let Negan out. That wasn't answered in the first half. Yeah, somebody speculated that it was uh, Gabriel... Oh. To try to save him, but yeah, well, I don't think we really know, and maybe we'll never know. Yeah, we thought it might be Brandon, but Brandon was a different kind of interesting in that <laughs> sense. Um, this episode was what stood out for me was the horrible attack on Lydia. Oh, that yeah. really upset me. I found that really powerful. Um, and Eugene, uh, Eugene, and Negan's intervention in that just such a horrible situation and scene. It just was really. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. it. Just right now, my shoulders are up in my ears, and I'm like, "Oh, this whole yeah. thing." Um, Awful. Yeah, it's it's about the way that the community failed to integrate Lydia properly. I think, mm -hmm. or failed to kind of stick up for her. You see, Aaron. That was another standout moment for me. Is Aaron not intervening helping, yeah. when? Yeah, not helping. Not saying to them like, "Don't be dickheads." Just letting it happen in front of his eyes mm -hmm. and not. Uh, and doing anything about it that was a bold choice too to make because yes. aaron is is a good guy and mm -hmm. people are all flawed including aaron so i i appreciate when mm -hmm. the, some characters are, are flawed and i didn't like him for that but i thought nope. it was good writing because this is the kind of shit that happens and that was the thing we kind of compared it to like immigrants today you know people who are afraid just mm -hmm. think of all of them as if something bad happens then you you fear all of them and have this exactly. us versus them attitude yeah, and it's it's about loss, isn't it? Because Aaron's reactions come from this place mm -hmm. of like grief and loss, and the the team that gang up on her, yeah, and Jesus, beautiful yes, Jesus, yeah. um, and the team that gang up on Lydia are like two hilltop and one highway man woman, highway highway, highway woman. woman. <laughs> um, so it's people that have feel the loss really keenly. It doesn't make what they do right, but it gives this context of how difficult it can be to yeah. integrate in that situation. And obviously Negan's this kind of outlier who he knows you know, what is it's trying. Like. Yeah, he knows what it's like. And he I think he advises Lydia to keep her head down. Um which she doesn't really go for in terms of advice to her detriment. But yeah. it gets it's a horrible, horrible episode. It shows kind of the worst parts of people, I think. Yeah. But it but it's it's good in that it feels like the way people act and who knows, mm -hmm. man, if some group killed my whole family and there was one of them living with me, I might not be so nice to them either. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. <laughs> it's totally, it's so easy for us to be on the outside being like, no, yeah. guys, that wasn't very peaceful. But, you know, when you're in it, your heart is going to rule over your head 100%. Yes. Um, and yeah. you, we also have the kind of very 
tonally different uh michonne and ezekiel we, the famous kiss the tr- the kiss yeah. from the trailer that i thought that were, was sad and weird it was we, it was <laughs> again though kind of in a realistic way yeah, like maybe. not every kiss is this like out. this yeah it's just sort of like eh. and michonne handles it beautifully is it she says this is the first time someone higher than a meter or like over the age of five has kissed me in a few years or something so (laughs) she's you know she's sticking up for but we don't find out quite how bad things are for ezekiel in this episode that is revealed slightly later isn't it um in terms of his health oh yeah he is cancer right yes yeah yeah i don't think think we found that out yet but we do know he's suicidal here yeah, because you and I think we're a bit like, huh, that came quick. Um, and then it turns out in a later episode, there's sort of even more to it than yeah, first seems. That's a good point. Um, so Michonne does a bit of good Samaritan work here with the very depressed <laughs> yeah. Ezekiel. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, also, the other thing that stood out to me about this episode is when uh, Luke decides to go with the group that's going off oh. to Oceanside just so he can hang out with Jules. Yeah, and, the really cinematic goodbye. Yeah, and, he, and and I think they're messing with us. They're, yeah. He's saying goodbye as if it's his last time he's ever going to see them. And so you and I were both afraid that he was he's going to die because he's yeah. a favorite of ours, mine too. Oh, yeah. And then later, to skip ahead again, he gets attacked in the library by the oh. zombies. And then he survives yep. that too. And I'm like, okay, they're totally fucking with us now. They are. If, <laughs> if Luke dies, we might, maybe don't. We might. We might riot. I don't know. We might just be a bit annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably closer to it. But yeah, they filmed the ending, so you know, there's like this music and this like "Bye, everyone" kind of. Right. It's really bizarre. <laughs> oh my god! Really we should have known he well. wasn't going to die just because they were being yeah, so overt yeah. about it. But he might die still. I'm still afraid for him. Um, he's he's one who I could see them. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have a lot of impact. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. Season 10, episode 5, What It Always Is. Kelly becomes disoriented due to her hearing loss and gets lost in the woods, but is later found by Daryl, Connie, and Magna. Aaron encounters Gamma and offers her bandages after she cuts her hand. Gamma flees and informs Alpha of their interaction. Negan is found and joined by Brandon. Brandon murders a mother and her son in an effort to impress Negan, leading Negan to kill him. Yay! At Hilltop, the community works to rebuild the wall while Ezekiel reveals to Sadiq that he has thyroid cancer. Magna reveals to Yutmiko that she killed a man who attacked her young cousin, causing a rift between the two. Negan crosses into the Whisperer's territory and is attacked by Beta. And this is one I think that you did with Anwen, right? Yes, it so, was. I was thinking it was Anwen or Rima, but I think it was Anwen. Anwen yeah. And this is another one that I didn't dig into as deeply because I didn't podcast on it. But what? It's funny. There were bits of it when you were saying it. I was like, I do not remember this at all. And there were other bits. I'm like, I remember this so clearly. Like the <laughs> Kelly storyline. I'm not gonna lie. I'd completely forgotten about Kelly's kind of outward bound adventure um but brandon oh my goodness i remember that very clearly um (laughs) yeah it seems like there was a lot put into that episode actually when you read back the summary there were quite a few little things kind of crammed in there um i think we get resolution of the has negan changed question in this episode and And then it's sort of swept away from us because we see him go into whisper territory at the end so it's a bit of a confuser well i assume he's infiltrating and not actually joining them um yeah. and i don't always do this but 
uh, hopefully you guys will forgive me in this one instance, but Brandon is in the comics and in the comics, Negan kills him. I think just because he's so annoying. It's <laughs> <laughs> 100% yeah. right. Yeah. Brandon doesn't um, kill anybody. And, and in this episode, they, he killed an innocent family and then Negan killed him. So I think they're really trying to cement that mm-hmm. Negan's redemption is, is real. I think they've really realized in the last couple of years that the, the <laughs> swerve with the Negan arc was where they lost a lot of viewers, yes. like a lot of viewers. But to be fair, Brandon was so annoying in this episode mm-hmm. that I might not, I might have, you know, had a little bit of sympathy had he just been killed for being annoying. But um, not yeah. much. <laughs> but it not, was great though. I enjoyed it, even though I found him annoying. Like you said, this mm-hmm. is the part we remember. Mm -hmm. And that actor that plays Brandon had such a kind of Ted Bundy-esque look about him (laughs) that it was just, just, he played that so well. He's such a bro and he's a huge fanboy. Oh, he's such a fanboy. It it was interesting. (laughs) I, I, I was interested. He's on Reddit r slash Negan, like for sure. Right, like he's number one stuff. contributor. Yeah, <laughs> he got upvoted majorly. I think that was something I enjoyed about episodes one and um, the one where Lydia's attacked is we see Brandon in the background. And again, you're watching him more closely because you're like, oh, you turn out to be a little mm. psycho. Like, what's going on here? Um, we see, yeah, Aaron and Gamma, I think is going to be more important in the second half. Um, I yeah. think they're building up something there. Building something. And because Gamma, um, she saw Lydia, which I think is coming up here, but that Lydia yes. was alive, and I think that's shaken her faith somewhat. Yep. One, yeah. Yep, definitely, I think so. I think this episode was, was really a Negan, a strong Negan episode, mm-hmm. and that that very... Yes, it was, Anwin, because we were talking about the... He has this oh, whole yeah, the monologue with tapping. the little boy. <laughs> the ball tapping. <laughs> Yes. That's right. I that is a that thing, by memory. the way, just to confirm. That's Jason on record there. Ball tapping <laughs> is a thing. Um, that was, yeah, again, I, it wasn't an episode that I would say was my favourite, but looking back on it in the context of the whole half season, there was a lot there to get through. And it does finish with Negan kind of in his almost original Negan costume shouting little pig little pig and meeting beta right. which is quite iconic <laughs> okay next season 10 episode 6 bonds carol and daryl set out to destroy alpha's walker horde after carol captures a whisper daryl becomes skeptical of carol's intentions at alexandria rosita and several other survivors become ill after gamma contaminates alexandria's uh... water supply with walker blood Eugene talks to a stranger from an unknown community over the radio, but insists that he will keep their communication a secret for the safety of both parties. Negan is put through tests by Beta to prove his (laughs) worth. (laughs) He later (laughs) vows his loyalty to Alpha and is seemingly accepted into the group. That seems really short after the last episode. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so this particular episode... I remember the humor. I remember yeah. the Negan kind of training montage with Beta being quite mm-hmm. humorous. And seeing Negan physically dwarfed by somebody is quite interesting because when we're first introduced to Negan, he's shot from kind of below and he's this big personality. And the one thing they never quite got with Negan in the show, I would say, is that in the comics, he's very built he's like quite bulky he's like big shoulders quite muscular and jeffrey dean morgan just isn't like i think Mm -hmm. he's a really good negan but he is a a kind of slimmer figure so they never quite got the physical 
Negan there. So to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's kind of an average sized dude, um, beside Ryan Hurst is quite amusing yeah. because there's this big discrepancy in the sizes. I think when uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in Watchmen, which was basically the one other thing I've seen him in, he was bulkier as the comedian. Did you see that? I think that's right. But now when, he's not. Yeah, when Watchmen was on HBO, I went back and kind of dug into the film a little bit. And yeah, he looks very different. He looks much more filled out um, yeah. in the 90s. And now he, I don't know if it's age. Well, poor Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I hope he's not listening to this. As we're like, he's gotten really old and withered. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm saying. He's, doing he's still fine. an attractive guy. He's doing fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. But in terms of Negan, he, he is definitely... And I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan has actually lost weight since season seven so yeah to see him kind of much smaller next to beta was was inherently quite funny yeah and you see the the kind of disgust of negan is like the audience at this point because he's doing this disgusting whisperer stuff and is like what the f is this like <laughs> like skinning things and finding yeah. faces i think there was so one, that, like he's kind of making friends with the whispers like when he was hungry but beta refused him food or something and then one of the other whispers gave him something to eat mm -hmm. and then yeah beta punished that guy or maybe killed him i can't remember for sure i, I mean it's beta it could be one or the other yeah it? like <laughs> <laughs> what were the oh the sickness so we're we're given a red herring because we're led to believe that it's gamma that's poisoning them but it turns out in later episodes, it's actually not. It's someone else yeah. that's doing something to the water well, supply. Yeah, I guess so. Huh? I mean, I was always confused by that. I know Dante changed the, changed it, which is ridiculously way too easy to do, so that the drinking water is mixed yeah. up with the <laughs> other water. But I thought the other water was what was contaminated by what um, Gamma did, but I could be wrong about that. I don't I, know. I feel like we need to phone a Karen or a water specialist on this one. I I assumed that there's some kind of filtering system and that what Dante's fiddling with is the filter. So like it's going from filtered to unfiltered. Yeah. So. But I just it's, thought it's, the unfiltered yeah. water was contaminated by the. But who? who yeah. Knows? They never make it the quite clear, do they? Yeah. Um, so we've got Gamma. We've got Negan. What was the other thing that happens in this episode? I know you've literally said it. Uh, that Carol uh, captures the Whisperer and. <laughs> Daryl's like, right. wait a minute. You said you just wanted to report on the horde. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, Carol just lies to you all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, just don't, don't she, listen to. Yeah, Carol. she's totally <laughs> trying to. No, it's fine, it's fine. But she just wants to kill Alpha, I think. And she brought we... zip ties and everything. Yes, and we find out that the horde's missing. The horde's not there. Oh yeah. Do we know? So there's this question of what what has happened what's with going the horde. on with the horde, yeah. And um, and I, one yeah. thing that stood out to me this episode was Dante is telling his patient Cheryl, "Oh, you're just pretending to be sick as an excuse to get close to me." And I I was thinking at the time, I think they're trying to make him charming, but he just seems just really gross and creepy to me. Mm -hmm. And now in hindsight, maybe he was just not good at being charming because he's a infiltrator cult person you know who knows yes and infiltrator some of that disdain cult for person. people came in or something mm -hmm. it did seem like he was trying to be human and not quite manage like he's like yeah, haha exactly, make yeah. fun flirt joke and everyone's like no not <laughs> try no, not to show not disdain a... yeah <laughs> try not to and then in the next episode <laughs> then, it's like die cheryl die yep, and you're like he kills makes her, more yeah. sense <laughs> um then here's the episode where rosita is like oh call me eugene and, yeah and then he's hey. also talking to this mysterious woman on the radio which do we find out her name i don't remember 
but that can be traced back to him using the technology from the satellite. That's how he's able mm-hmm. to talk to people further away. So things are looking up for Eugene a little bit. Someone swiped right on radio. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. T- uh, coming into the last two here. Season 10, episode mm-hmm. 7, Open Your Eyes. Carol ah. interrogates the captured Whisperer, during which the Whisperer praises Alpha for claiming to have killed Lydia. He's later poisoned to death by Dante. Carol plans to turn the Whisperers against Alpha for lying about Lydia's death. Gamma meets Aaron at the border, where she holds him at knife point. Carol and Lydia arrive, leading Gamma to flee in shock over Lydia's survival. Lydia flees into the woods after realizing that Carol used her. Sadiq suddenly, which I thought was dumb, Sadiq suddenly recognizes Dante as a whisperer present during the Pike beheadings, leading Dante to strangle Sadiq to death to protect his identity. This was a standout episode, uh-huh. I think, just with Blew that reveal. Yeah. Oh, like mind blown. <laughs> it was just so well done. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons I'm liking it so much more now is because I know that in the next episode we get all the answers, well, most of the answers we're looking for in the first five minutes. So we're not left thinking, how did, what, but, how, no, who? Um, like they, they're, yeah, they so clear great. up. Yeah, because we were like, well, we liked it, but here's all the things we're skeptical about. And then they just like, yeah. answered those one by one. <laughs> yeah, in the next episode, they were like, okay, Jason and Lucy, yeah. here's your list of answers. We're like, thanks. Okay. Thanks, Angela Kang. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, it was a good episode. It was a really nice Sadiq episode, um, yes. which should have been the big clue that he was about to die. Um, you really you got a sense for his and Rosita's sort of attraction semi relationship that's still yeah. there. Um, Rosita that. was really Rosita was strong in this episode as well. She was mm-hmm. really good with Sadiq, and it's just such a brutal ending. Um, and Dante gaslighting Sadiq into thinking that he'd poisoned the Whisperer with the hemlock was quite a nasty move as well oh, and no. he says you know you put that in there the whisperer again that really hammered home the kind of cult connotations because carol tries to kill him with kindness with the bread and he's just he's gone he's there's no no way back for that whisper he has bought into alpha 150 million percent yeah and that's quite scary to see in that context and yet the Lydia running off into the woods is a little annoying because I can kind of see her point, but also so much blood has been shed and so much has been lost that her running away from the people who are trying to protect her, though understandable, is a bit annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you said to her, look, you chose to run away from your mother because you know that she's a horrible person and now she's trying to hurt us and if she's a hypocrite because she told everyone that she killed you but if they just knew that you were alive then that might help them come to the same conclusion mm-hmm. that you came to about her don't you want to help do that I, you yep. think she'd at least consider <laughs> it and i go no you're using me i'm out of here yeah. <laughs> screw you <laughs> so, anyway. i mean teenagers be teenagers you know? <laughs> okay and then the finale season 10 episode 8 the world before dante's identity as a whisper spy is exposed after he attacks rosita he's revealed to be responsible for many recent incidents within the community Dante is imprisoned for his actions, but Gabriel later murders him in his cell. Oceanside yes. encounters a man named Virgil, whom they initially suspected to be a whisperer. 
Virgil eventually offers to lead Michonne to a naval base containing valuable weapons. While searching for Alpha's horde alongside Daryl, Aaron, Magna, Connie, Kelly, and Jerry, Carol spots and chases after Alpha. The group follows behind where they are lured into a cave surrounded by <gasps> Alpha's horde. Dun, dun, dun. It's a cave hanger. <laughs> and I, you know, I liked that. I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, but it just looked cool. Them all stuck mm-hmm. in there and it seemed like something out of some adventure movie and it was different mm-hmm. than what we'd seen before. And I liked how they were up on this kind of race area and there were all the, the walkers growling at them below. It's just a cool scene. So I thought it was pretty cool. It's a promising place for the next half to pick up yeah. as well as like in the middle of some action. I think we had that in season six with the Alexandria being overrun. I think that was the last kind of really memorable one for me was that incident mm-hmm. um, because that leads up to Carl losing his eye, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, this episode I think is a good one in that it didn't let the Dante question linger. I couldn't decide at the time if I wanted Dante to if I wanted the dramatic irony of having Dante around with us knowing and nobody else knowing. Yeah. But that, I yeah, love the I way wanted it that, out. But then after I saw this episode I thought no, nah, this worked pretty well. Yeah, and the scene with him and Rosita was awesome. The way that Rosita just mm-hmm. went into full mama bear mode and poor coco in the bathtub and dante saying all this sick stuff about you know in the wild parents eat their young right yeah and that was a thing like hearing dante talk openly about his reasonings and everything and you really got the idea that that um there's this theme of whether civilization is is a joke at this point whether it's pointless and to get attached, that's what the whispers all think, and that this is all doomed, and it's just not, you know, gonna work. And that's why mm-hmm. they do what they do. And and you know, I think, well, shoot, that's how I kind of feel right now. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that's true or not. It's scary to think it. about, but you want to fight mm-hmm. for it, right? You want to fight mm-hmm. for civilized society and not just give up and say, all right, fuck it, being, mm-hmm. an, you know, um, what do you call it, a nihilist or something. Mm, this is what it is. There's no point in even trying to yeah. change it. Or yeah, yeah. So that's a, it's a strong message, and and I could see how the people who are being attacked might be afraid that the whispers are right, you know, and mm-hmm. feel anxious about it and everything. Well, there are compelling arguments for the whisperer's side of things within mm-hmm. the context of this universe. Like it all all boils down to that idea of: Are you willing to? invest in something that you might lose are you willing to commit to someone or something right or you know make these human connections that make life worth living be, be more vulnerable uh-huh really. open yourself, yourself up yeah or close yourself off and i think it's brilliant that they could get us to this point or at least meet with the whispers because in the comic it's a cool idea but i always wondered in the show where things are just more um you have to really sell it more in a TV show than in a comic. You can get I, away with yeah. more in a comic. And I, I didn't know if they would be able to explain why anybody would be a whisperer. Um, and I think the whispers have just been done fantastically from explaining why anybody would be one. And also just the way they've been realized on screen and how much fun it is to see them ambling around with the other zombies and everything. I completely agree. I think tapping into this idea of cult mentality has been really important yeah. for that because in the comic, it, it's it been a while since I dug deep into the Whisper War arc, but it seemed to me 
that it read a little like Negan insofar as Alpha was more of a kind of dominant leader with followers who ne- who expressed doubts, maybe not more openly, but that was kind of how it read on the page was, this is another group with a strong leader and we can assume that some of these people are unwilling followers. But what the show has done really well is draw out the the really scary part, which is that some of these people aren't unwilling. Like they are mm-hmm. they're brainwashed. They are accepting this philosophy of life and they will they will keep doing so. And that is in many ways much more scary than the idea of people living under a rule of thumb. Yep. So anything else about the season? Um, so far? No. no. I, I just think it was really strong looking back on yeah. it. And I'm like, yes, that was a good, good eight episodes. Um, obviously, there were some like not ones that I was less keen on, but I think generally it's got us to a good place. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy where all the characters are right now. And I think there were some good moments along the way for sure. Well, that's great. And that transitions really well into what we're hoping for from the rest of the season. So we'll do that right after this break. You want that? Okay, we're back. It's time for our hopes for the rest of the season. We thought we would do a top three and then read some of yours. I asked you guys on Facebook what you were hoping for. So what's your number three? Um, So my number three is that the Whisperer War will come to an end in some way. And I'm thinking a little about, we got some feedback last half season about us talking too much about wanting the show to end. And I feel like I should clarify that like, I don't want the show to end because I hate it. I'd like the show to end on a high. Like that's when I keep saying like, I hope that it starts finishing soon. I hope that we're going towards the end. I'm hoping it for the good of the show rather than because I'm like, oh, I'm bored. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think because you don't want story, it to yeah. end because they drag it out so long that it becomes apologies to fear fans but fear the walking dead (laughs) and you're like Mm -hmm. god this sucks man why did they (laughs) let it get to this point i mean to me it's good right now and that that helped me um i i think you know no matter how good it is the viewership Mm -hmm. is down and there are going to be a lot of people who are just tired of this story Mm -hmm. and but i don't what do I care about that? If I like it, then that's great. So exactly. as long as it's good, I mean, I agree with you. I want the whisper war to end this season and that yeah. would leave one major arc left from the comics, which I could see lasting a couple more seasons. And I think that's totally right. And, and that could be a good place to end it. Um, if they kept going, the exciting thing about that would be that, you know, then they would have no roadmap. And so it might be, we're f- off book. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if it's good, then, then I'll like that. But I, even me, I think to at a point, even if it's still really good, um, it might feel like I'm tired of the story. I, but what I was really tired of for a long time was even though they had new storylines, they were kind of going over the same thematic territory. Yes. And so one thing I've loved about these last two seasons is they've moved on to some other things. So it makes it feel for me a lot fresher. So I guess if they can continue to do that in a way that's entertaining and fresh, then I'm okay with it going as long as they can do that. But I would rather them end it rather than drive it into the ground. 
Yeah, I think it's it's to do with like story beats and arcs and where to edit. And I think that they're doing a much better job since the start of season nine of giving these stories arcs and giving us points where things come to logical conclusions and playing with time in a more satisfactory way. So I think from a story perspective, having the Whisperer War end at the end of season nine is a good place to be for the start of season 10. I wouldn't like to see it go on much longer not because i'm finding it boring but just because i want the pace to keep up yeah and i think that's what needs to happen yeah yeah you i i want them to end things um before i'm tired of it not not later than that (laughs) (laughs) uh what is it a a true lady knows when to leave the party so (laughs) the walking dead should know when to leave the party yeah Um, leaving wanting a little more exactly Uh, um (laughs) Okay, well, my number three is basically that same thing, everything we just talked about. So what's number two? Number two for me is I hope they continue with playing a little bit with style. Um, I was looking back on these eight episodes. I like some of the things they've done with music, using sort of chapters to break up episodes into themes or time zones. I've enjoyed the way that they've played with structure a little bit, with sort of parallel things happening. And a good example is episode one. In episode two coming together at the end so we see Alpha and Carol look at each other from both perspectives like what's led up to that and I like some of the things they're doing with tone I think there are some really humorous moments that are coming more naturally now I think the show has kind of loosened its grip a little bit and that has been good for letting characters be more affable and more humorous and I hope that they continue to do that with the tone even when you know, I hope that the serious stuff happens and that there's high stakes, but I hope they continue to kind of play with that mm-hmm. a little bit because I enjoyed that a lot. Me too. And early on in the series, it didn't make as much sense because everyone's in shock about what's happening. But now that they're several years out and they're building civilization um, and they're used to it, it makes more sense to put some romance and some humor in there, which they happen. So that's great. Exactly. How about you? Number two. Number two is I hope they stay as good as they have been about making it thrilling in a way that moves me emotionally Mm -hmm. um season 10 has at times been kind of scary and creepy this whole thing with dante just wow i was kind of blown away um it's been touching it's been funny um Mm. it's been exciting and you know that's when i'm watching a tv show if i just feel something whether it's horrified or really joyous or whatever that's what impresses me the most and so mm-hmm. i'm glad that walking dead has been doing that lately sometimes in the past with their zombie setups they just don't really do it for me for whatever reason um mm-hmm. but now they're it feels like they're really focusing on like darker scenes where things are around the corner or just things that are actually mm-hmm. scarier so i hope they keep doing that yeah, I think Gallo's humour is always welcome. I'm a fan <laughs> of sort of humour in dark moments, but there's a fine line, but I think they've been treading it well and using the right actors in the right context for those things, um, which I think is a tribute to the good writing of the show now. Yeah. Um, so for my number one, I'm torn because I feel like there, there's three things I want to say. One <laughs> is say um, the voices and connections. I'd like to see that leading somewhere so the eugene speaking to someone on the radio Mm -hmm. i'd like to see that kind of pick up a little bit i feel like that might just start to pick up right at the end yeah i wondered about that um 
I feel like I speak for everyone when I say there's a Carol Alpha showdown coming. So I feel like it's silly to say that I'm hoping for that because I feel like it's being signposted like <laughs> majorly. Um, I think, to be honest, selfishly, for me, for Lucy, I want more Luke. I really like Luke. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we can guarantee that luke will die in the next episode <laughs> thanks lucy <laughs> thanks lucy you really screwed the pooch on that one they've really been making him interesting especially the way he interacts with eugene where they kind of have mm-hmm. some nerdiness in common but um luke has much more emotional intelligence yeah so i've got a weird like never thought i'd say this luke and eugene i'd like to see both of their storylines i want to see where they're going i don't have an agenda for where i'd like them to go but i'm hoping that they get carried on in a good way in the second half of the season mm-hmm. um and i do you know what i'm gonna go out there i've rewatched it i don't think jules is a whisperer oh really i really don't i've just said again Why? <laughs> what, what changed your mind because when they're talking in the first episode um f- luke asks her what's the weirdest thing you've ever found in one of these shipwrecks and the way that jules talks about it makes me think she's been there for a while because she says, oh, I don't know, maybe this thing. And I was like, well, if she's only just turned up, if she was the owner of that mask, mm-hmm. then she's bullshitting. that would be... Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> it's interesting, because I really did think so. So we'll see. I thought so too, but I wonder, I don't know, can lightning strike twice? Can there be two of them? Like we saw with Dante that they wanted him to arrive as part of a group rather than an individual. So I don't know, but I, I yeah. would like to see more of Luke and or Eugene, but mainly Luke, because yeah. if he's only going to be around for a bit, if we're worried about him dying off, I'd like to see more of him. So that's my number one, myself. <laughs> Mine, I'd like to see more Luke too, and I hope he doesn't die. Um, I'd like to see Carol kill Alpha. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a big to showdown, even though it's telegraphed, just done really well. That'd mm. be cool. I think, yeah, that will be a good one. Sometimes, (laughs) yeah, sometimes I want unpredictable and other times it's nice if they just do the thing that you're hoping they'll do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I've meant to ask, you know, at the end of the season, mid-season finale, we've got all these people in this cave. Do you think any of them will not make it out? I'm a little worried about Jerry, Connie, Kelly. Those are the three that I'm like, "Mm -hmm." if it's jerry that people are gonna be so oh, upset be such a bummer <laughs> if it's, oh yeah. god jerry goes man there's nothing good left in this world and <laughs> like, if it's connie i'm gonna be upset because i'm shipping her and daryl but i could see it being her her and i wonder just yeah, yeah. who else is in there is magna, magna kelly there? and daryl and carol I wonder about Magna. I know, I mean, I'm a huge Magna fan, but I wonder, I, I can't imagine it being Daryl or Carol. No. Like, that's and not And Aaron's in there too, and don't, please don't I, let it be Aaron. I don't think it's going to be any, either, I don't think it's going to be any of those three. But yeah. of the Magna, other Connie, four. Magna, Connie, Kelly, and maybe Jer- Jerry, although I doubt Jerry oh. too, so maybe Magna, Connie, or Kelly. Yeah, I think it might be one of them. If it has to be someone, I feel like it's going to be one of those three. No one, it's kind of nice that there's a group of characters where anyone would be a bummer. Yes. If that makes sense. It's not like I'm like, oh, please, God, let it be this character. Why can't Andrea be be in there? (laughs) (laughs) Eight seasons on, and we're still like, damn it, Andrea. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. All right. I mean, you are, but also. hmm. Um,. Let's, uh, what, what do I have next here? Oh yeah, let's do some listener responses. So we asked you guys what your hopes were for the rest of the season. And just to let you know, I added some of these down to take out any spoilers 
because some things are known about the season. But here we go. Of course. Mark Kirkman says he hopes that it doesn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) I should have put that one at the end. Enwin Carver Holtzhausen said, I hope the Whisper storyline is completed by Carol whooping Alpha's butt in spectacular fashion. Amelie Rochette, representing Canada. Hello, Amelie, says, among other things, I hope we get some good Negan action and that he demonstrates that he has changed. I hope Carol gets her revenge. And mostly, I hope people take better care of Lydia and that Lydia finally finds the peace and comfort she deserves. That's so nice, Amelie. Yes, I agree. Lara Willie Swink says, I'm hoping for uh, the descent style encounter with our gang and underground dwelling subhumans battling in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) More Judith and Uncle Daryl interactions and maybe just maybe a hint of Maggie or Rick. I just really want them to keep up the exceptional writing and acting they've been giving us so far this season. Steve Brown says, I hope they continue to progress the timeline as the kids age and not ignore it. That's a good one, I thought. Yeah, Mm. they could now they were so used to them you know, going ahead a few years. Rebecca Louise (laughs) says, my hopes are that they only do one more season after this one and that they start planning towards wrapping up the story now by working it into the storyline by failing to sow the seeds for the ending. Now will risk making it feel rushed, ridiculous and disappointing (laughs) for the fans. Yes. I'm looking at you game of Thrones. (laughs) It's going so well with Angela Kang, but I hope they quit while they're ahead and go out on a high note. Also, with the comic storylines, I can't see how they can stretch the story out any longer than that. In fact, another 1.5 seasons might be pushing it as it is, unless they plan to take the story in a completely different direction. Oh, God, please don't. (laughs) Really looking forward to listening to the two of you podcast again. I missed you both. We missed you, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) I did actually miss doing this. That's no joke. Good. Yeah, me too. I, You know, I haven't actually been um, podcasting all that much. I kind of made it a vow years ago that I would do at least two a month so mm. but I've uh, almost missed it this last month but Ben and I did top 10 games of the year and that was really fun I need to I need to listen to that one I've mainly been uh, uh, teaching and most of my students don't think I'm as funny as you guys do so thank you for that <laughs> actually no that's not fair a couple of them laugh sometimes so it's okay <laughs> Jessica how how ice how ice says i hope 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 negan ends up saving lydia by killing alpha or beta oh yeah definitely damien vitale says i hope we get some sort of teasing for the rick grimes movie also maybe morgan comes back from fear the walking dead with alicia and john dory then they can cancel fear the walking dead lol hey if they did that i'd be a happy camper those three would be so happy i don't know why we're jason i don't know why we're not in the writer's room to be honest like <laughs> we would be able not? to make it so good why are we not there yeah i'll send in our <laughs> applications would, and see i'll let you know how it goes i would that would be amazing i would only add maybe althea because i do like althea i was thinking about her the other day and i was like yeah i like that character it's a shame that she's in that show um michael darwin says just be good the show has made great strides since rick left i'm not saying it's because he left it just it has continue to veer from the story laid down in the comics to keep us readers guessing and keep the story moving don't get bogged down in stretching the story out right yeah that's where they falter sometimes Derek O'Neill says, oh, <laughs> love him. <laughs> I'm hoping it keeps up the storytelling that has been so great in the first half of the season. I'd love to see Aaron get a much bigger role on the show before Ross Marquand decides to move on to what I expect will be a much bigger future career outside of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. It feels we, like they haven't expanded him and maybe they'll continue to. So I, I, I agree think with you. So. 
speaking of missing, Derek O'Neill, I miss you. Let's get podcasting again soon because it has been too long, my friend. Um, Jason's Jason's quiet. He's like, no, I want to hear you guys together. (laughs) I misheard you. I thought you said, Lucy, you're here. I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, you should do an episode, just the two of you this year and I can take a week off. That'd be cool. <laughs> Jason will go on holiday with the whispers in Florida. Uh, Orla Neve Isley says, I'm simply hoping to hear one character call another Frowny McTwoknives. <laughs> hear, hear. Yeah. I want to hear Aaron call Father Gabriel that. Frowny McTwoknives. <laughs> no reason. Karen, she says, since the first half of the season went by slowly for its overall arc, I'm hoping the pace of 10B just ramps up significantly. Mm. Yeah, she wasn't as into it yeah. as most people. Yeah, try watching it at 1.3 speed, Karen. <laughs> yeah. It does make it go a lot quicker. Try three speed. Yeah, I mean, if you're feeling brave, go for it. <laughs> um, William Sharnagle, Sharnagle, I'm one of those people who love major surprises. Not that I'm hoping for it, but I think it's time for a major player to go... I can I can see that. <laughs> Kristen Crabtree says some good creepy zombie action and badass Judith and Negan team action that saves Carol and Daryl. <gasps> Gemma Hall, our friend from Wales, I believe, says she hopes that Alpha dies horribly and Carol gets her revenge, that Michonne finds evidence of Rick, that Ezekiel goes out in a blaze of glory, that Jerry doesn't die. They can't kill Jerry after Sadiq, surely. Also, Rosita and Eugene give it a go and Maggie returns with Herschel. I also see Negan adopting Judith. Oh, That's interesting, yeah. That would be very sweet. Joe Marino (laughs) says, I hope that people stop calling for the show to end. (laughs) Oh, God, sorry, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the things that people say that does not make sense to me. There are as many stories to tell as there are people, and there are still people. Creative people can still create stories in the show's universe, in my opinion, of, of course. Well, and hopefully Joe, you're that right. That's why you know that's why we're applying to be in the writers' room. So <laughs> um, Jennifer McGinley says, "I hope we find out what happened to Heath." LOL, JK, I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ian John Westwall says it's time for Beta to get that mask off. Woo! And Grippy Bob Dobolino, how about that? It's not a flaming trash heap that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that ended where we started. Um, and somewhere. now yeah. that we've finished our hopes and our listener feedback, we're going to go into a section that's a bit spoilery. I'm sure like 95% of you guys know uh, they've announced some things that are going to happen to certain characters. And, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the major news that, you know, if you're paying attention, you've heard. But if you're trying to keep away from spoilers and you haven't heard and you don't want to, then you should just go ahead and skip to the next section. And this is probably a good time to remind people that are podcast has chapters in it so you can actually go in your podcast app if you can figure out how and look at the chapters and just skip right to the next chapter just by tapping it so that's one way to do it or you can just keep on skipping ahead until you feel like you're past this segment but Mm -hmm. now we're going to talk about it i feel like i've given you ample time (laughs) so what we learned we learned two things we learned that Dun, dun, dun. This is going to be Michonne's last season on the show. Mm-hmm. And we also learned that Maggie is coming back. Um, I don't know if we know how much we know she's a regular next season, Maggie, but um, she may just show up at the very end of the last episode or she might have a few episodes. I don't think we really know. I think if we talk about Maggie first, I mm-hmm. think we're going to see Maggie in the second half. I feel like it. W- I just feel like there's got to be a little bit of a lead in. I might yeah. be wrong. No, I think they have confirmed that she'll have some presence, but 
uh, it literally could just be her showing up in the very last scene. But yeah. you're saying, I mean, Hi, if everyone. we're talking hopes, <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not that. I would like to see her have a significant presence presence in at least a couple of episodes. I would really like, honestly, for her and Michonne to have a scene together because mm. I feel like there was a lot of bad blood there. But I right, just... maybe Maggie kills Michonne. <laughs> 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 and that's the end of spoiler talk. So, uh, <laughs> Michonne is stabbed in the face by Maggie, and that is the end. Um, the end. I would like to see that because those are two characters with maybe the longest history, and we saw a little bit of that tension before Rick's death when Maggie came to kill Negan in Alexandria. So I think it would be really interesting to see, yeah, how good how point. they relate to one another again. Boy, if that um, does happen. <laughs> can you imagine That'll called be, it yeah right we called it we knew we were joking. i think yeah so i th- i think with maggie um it's just gonna be nice to see her i'm really pleased that she's coming back yeah, um too. i think she was a loss to the show i don't think that like i think she left at a good point in that the quality of the show was so high but i feel like hilltop has been a bit of a non-event because there hasn't really been it's very much maggie's story yeah. and i think jesus's story was good and I like Yumiko kind of coming into this sort of half leader role, but I think it will be really strong to have Maggie back and really have Hilltop as a strong presence again. Um, I think that will be a, be a really interesting dynamic, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And I hope we learned, we do learn a little bit about where she was and what it was like mm. there. You know, it seems a little silly to me that she can just go off and do an internship with some other group or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> She'll come back and be so annoying. She'll be like, so uh, when I was with Georgie, we would actually do things this way. Yeah. Uh, Georgie doesn't do that. So I think we should not do that. Okay. <laughs> like, God, you guys are so lame compared to Georgie. Or she comes back like doing yoga and like meditation. So she's like, so I'm just going to take a minute to really find my zen at this point, guys. Um, if you need me, I will be meditating in the hilltop house. Thank you. I say that as someone who does yoga and meditation. So, sorry, <laughs> and had an internship. Um, and had an internship. <laughs> so, um, Michelle, now, how yeah. do you have any hopes about how she leaves the show? It's a hard one. I was when I was browsing Google today. Um, it must know that Walking Dead season's coming back because all of my suggested news articles were Walking Dead related. And one of the the biggest question I have is how she can leave without the kids leaving too, because I don't think the kids are leaving. And it's interesting to me because I don't believe that Michonne is going to die because I really, really believe in my heart of hearts that there will be a Michonne and Rick reunion, even if it's in like the last five minutes of the last Rick Grimes film. I think it has to be that for Rick's arc. I think that whole arc has to be about him finding his family again. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know how you can take Michonne away from her children without yeah her. it's already and that's ridiculous where I get confused. to me that rick yeah. left and never came uh-huh. back and so for i i agree with you it makes sense for her to have more to do with rick for the both of their stories but on the other hand it would be double silly for her to not yeah. not die and it's not come basically back to like your parents went to the CRM resort. Have fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> Negan's so, your dad now. <laughs> so I just don't know. And I, I forget if I've said this on the podcast or not already, but I've heard rumors that um, that Gimple turned in his script and the, the movie company didn't like it. Oh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> so they um, said it was too soap opera-ish or something. And so... Um, interesting. You know, I don't know, man. I, I assume he's working on revisions or who knows, but it well, I mean, feels like said, it's stuck in limbo now. 
I would be surprised if we get the full three films because it's three films that they signed. You might not get the, any. Well, yeah, I, that's the thing is I, I doubt we'll get three. I wonder if it's just going to be one. I wonder if it will be like straight to TV, even if we get it at all. Kind yeah, of thing. at this point, I'm just crossing my fingers that it didn't all just crumble. Yeah, I, I hope not because I would really. Well, I, I think if it say it did, I think then the writers would need to do something to get Rick back for like the final episode or two so, or something. Yeah. You'd have to like you couldn't just leave him on a flipping helicopter with Jadis like no, I just oh my god that's not a good way to go man so we'll see I I don't know I'm I'm a little skeptical that they'll it feels to me like just for the story now that Michonne would need to die to make it make yeah. sense why she wouldn't come back to Judith but I don't know it's hard I think it's it dies or waylaid horribly like mm. something like i'm stuck on she's going off to this or... island yeah right now to find yeah. weapons which seemed weird i think i went and i had a read of i'd forgotten this like forgive me my brain is full of things that are not these facts i'd forgotten that what they do in the comic books with michonne when she goes kind of off to sea is we don't see her for about 12 issues uh, and she comes back and it's sort of never visited in the comics per se, but Telltale did a game yeah. that filled in that blank. So I went, and the annoying thing, the wonderful thing about the Telltale Walking Dead games was this idea that you you choose. You choose your own adventure, you choose what you do. So it's kind of hard to read a summary of it because it's like, ah, oh, if you pick this person, then this. And yeah. I was like, damn it, I just I mean, want a really <laughs> synopsis of what happened. In you know, I played game. that game and she has a lot of hallucinations of her. Mm. She has two children in the comic. Yes, two daughters, and, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, she gets into a lot of harrowing situations, but I don't remember feeling like there was anything story-wise that would inform her character after that i had a look and the only things i could find um because yeah the children are different it's a different situation in the show to what's established in the comics it's a darker kind of more complex story um in many ways the what they show in the game i wondered if virgil was going to take on some of the character of pete's quirks so i think pete I, the only example i can think mm. of the top of my head is that he doesn't love violence so i wonder if there's going to be a bit of a, a tension there with the two of them um the only other interesting thing i could find was that the game context is how we first meet sadiq in the comics and um, but he's so much of a different character now and also he's dead in the main show that that's, that's really right. kind of and irrelevant also you know? you know in the comics michonne goes off with oceanside which has men and women mm. and in the show, I felt like they kind of gave that to Carol. Yes. So I don't know if this is supposed to mirror Michonne's storyline in the comics or not. The fact that she's mm. in a boat makes you think it could, but not necessarily. It's not like there's one amazing thing that happens while she's on that boat yeah. that we're waiting for. It's not like, right. oh, it'll be the battle of blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm, I don't really know. To me, I think it. <sighs> I think a lot of it depends on what happens with the Rick Grimes films, sadly. I yeah. think it's going to be external circumstances. I wouldn't be surprised if they... Mu- I don't know what the schedule... Though. have they, they must have written and shot all of 10B now, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they, they, they finish shooting usually late in the year, I think. Then my bet is open-ended. I wonder if she'll bump into Maggie and that will be... We'll see the two of them and then that will be the last time we see Michonne... Um, I don't know if we will see her go back 
to the kids. But then she's going to get these weapons. So I'd maybe Maggie turns up with the weapons. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I've literally not clue. I wish I had a good theory. <laughs> I just I hope just it's good. Just, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily have an idea of what would be the best thing. But I would like it good. if she didn't die. But also, I don't. You know, it, it seems like that may be the only way out of this kind of <laughs> knot that they tied themselves yeah, in. So, right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, that's good. Let's move on to the news. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. All right. It's been a while since we've actually reported news. We didn't, I didn't in the last episode. And so this isn't super new info, but some information about the upcoming Walking Dead spinoff, The Walking Dead, The World Beyond has come out. I don't know if you've heard this, Lucy, Ooh, but they announced okay. that the show's only going to run for two 10 episode seasons. Did you know that? Well, oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, me too. That sounds like they have a story to tell and they're telling it. Yeah. What if they'd said this season, actually, the show will only be 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It will be very brief. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty cool. I, I don't know if they realize that they're losing a lot of viewers and that this mm -hmm. would be a way to maybe get some people interested who might not have otherwise. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's promising. And I think also that if they do two seasons and it turns out to be this huge hit, then they can just change their mind. Mm, I think that's a good plan. <laughs> Uh, they also announced the show premieres on Sunday, April 12th, which is the night wow. of the Walking Dead season 10 finale. So they're oh, you know, piggybacking okay. on that. Cool. And I want to cover it, you know, especially now. Yes, that it's I think so. going to be short. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to be committing ourselves to an uncertain future of yeah. misery. Yes, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> and I should uh, remind people, well, if fear starts right after World Beyond, World Beyond, um, then, <laughs> then Walking Dead season 11 comes in right after that. Then next week's episode could potentially kick off a run of 42 Walking Dead related shows with maybe a few weeks hiatus in the middle of fear if they do it like they did last year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also want to remind everyone that our plan is to do two Fear the Walking Dead related episodes this year, one mm -hmm. in the middle and one at the end, and that's it. We're not going to cover it episode by episode. And I think really that is the nicest thing we can do for you because the minute we stop watching it, it might get good again. So yeah. It helps everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, But we do also reserve the right to be completely honest and have as much yes. fun as possible covering that show. Of course. It's, we've, everyone's got their way of coping and we have ours. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, next item. Do you know about ASMR? I do, yes. It's, uh, what do you know about it? I'm tapping my microphone. <laughs> uh, it's that weird sound. It's not weird. A lot of people have it. It's a sound stimulation thing mm -hmm. that is very appealing to some people and less appealing to others. Yeah, it's it stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And some people, when they hear whispers or um, little crinkly sounds and things like that, they get a tingling sensation in the scalp that moves down the back of the neck and upper spine, and mm -hmm. it's euphoric, I guess. And uh, there's a bunch of YouTube videos for people who like that kind of a thing. And the reason why I'm talking about this is the Walking Dead YouTube channel recently uploaded this zombie ASMR video. Ooh, zombie <laughs> ASMR. And I'm going to play a little, like, 
20 seconds of it here. Where is it? Okay. <laughs> You're new to the pack, aren't you? Some words of advice for you then. Don't be seduced by the enemy. <laughs> That's so creepy. It goes on for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I like the seagull. It's like pew pew. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I didn't really get that. The th you know what's weird though is I have uh, what's called misophonia. I don't even. I was know. literally about to say I also suffer from this. Yeah, <laughs> if I hear somebody chewing or eating, especially if it's right next to me, I just get oh, oh. god. But for some I reason, those ASMR videos don't really trigger that in me. I the the one for me is cracking bones. I can't deal with it, like especially fingers. Um, I had to be in a, a computing class last year with people who were just, I'd say ninety seven percent of them were cracking their fingers, and I know that it's a comfort thing, and that for some people it's because they have like medical conditions. But I it absolutely puts my teeth on edge. Yeah, like, it like, makes Arr. me want to vomit. Oh, it's, like it, it's just such an unreasonable response. Thing. Yeah. Oh, so much. I just can't deal with it. It's, it's really, I feel so guilty. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I just get so grossed out. Like, Sometimes, yeah, when I when I um, get triggered by that kind of a thing, I just leave the room because I don't want to be an a-hole. Yeah. But my yeah, instinct exactly. is to like, you know, yell really loud at somebody. Oh, <laughs> give like a librarian glare of like, Shh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Stop a it. Anyway, <laughs> um, so... Last thing, a few weeks ago in our, our last episode, I interviewed the creative director of the then upcoming new Walking Dead VR game, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Ooh. And it sounded really cool. You're in this flooded New Orleans setting. And nice. it, like in this reality, the zombie apocalypse happened right during a flood. So there's a huge stash of supplies somewhere. And the idea is to try to find it. But the, I, the main idea of the game is to feel what it would really be like to be in the world of the walking dead, where you have to like grab a zombie by the head and knife it, or you have to um, manage your supplies and, and, you know, try to survive in the post-apocalyptic world and deal with Ooh. people, you know, who are, uh, trying to dominate and things like that mm. and i don't know have you ever done a vr thing yet have you ever tried it? i haven't no i i've been reading about it and i haven't had a chance it, it, you can't understand what it feels like until you try it so hopefully mm -hmm. you'll get a chance to try it at some point because it's awesome and this uh they're still kind of trying to figure out how to do the best games because you can't just do what you would do in a regular game there's for one no. thing you might feel um nauseous if the movement isn't done just right and there's just different conventions but they're really trying to figure out how and anyway so since i interviewed this guy the game came out for certain vr headsets mostly the ones that connect to pcs like oculus rift and valve index mm -hmm. and stuff and the reviews are great they say it's the best zombie vr game yet so um I'm excited and I don't have a PC VR system, but I have a PlayStation VR and it's coming out in the spring for that. So I'm oh, totally cool. going to pick it up and play it and I'll report back once it comes out. 
I think there was some weird science about VR um, in that women can sometimes find it harder not to get motion sick. I've, I've not read the articles in depth, so I could be talking out my ass. But yeah, there's some insight into the fact that women find it more uh, difficult to adjust to it. So mm. motion sickness can be more profound if you are female. Well, they've, randomly. they've realized a few things. One, that if... You turn in VR, you know, you just push your little thumbstick to turn so you're facing mm-hmm. to the left or right. That is worse. Uh, that that can make you feel bad. So what they'll do is they'll oh. give you like quick turns, like uh, um, 45 degrees when you click it. And that seems to help a lot. Rather than the kind of like smooth. Yeah. As, smooth. As, yeah. Okay. And then when you're moving forward, if they like dim the edges of your site, that helps a little bit. Or sometimes they'll do this like teleport thing where instead of moving forward, you just point where you want to go and then you appear there, which is a little bit immersion breaking, but it's better than throwing up all over yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's really so, cool that they're like finding that. ways to adjust yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's really awesome. And in a lot of games you can set the level because different people have different, levels of sensitivity mm-hmm. to that men and women but maybe in general women are more sensitive i don't know but. yeah it's one of those weird things that when i read it i was like no oh, that's sexist and, mm-hmm. I, and like yeah there is actually some science behind it it's, i think it might be to do with oh i don't know i'm gonna stop talking because i'm not a doctor of science so i'm just gonna not. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> i mean i would still recommend for people who are interested to give it of a course. shot I mean, if the game has different settings you can play with them and see you know how it yeah, feels yeah i think it sounds but, so cool also like game the best and most lauded v- vr game right now is beat saber where you are holding Ooh. two lightsabers and uh-huh, music amazing. plays and these blocks come towards you and you have to hit them in the rhythm <gasps> and it's so much fun and uh since you're standing in one place stationary you're not moving around in the game mm-hmm. it's like a lot less likely that you would feel uh nauseous because the nausea comes when you're your experience is different than what your body's feeling. Mm-hmm. So it looks yeah, like you're moving, but you're not really moving. But in this game, you're stationary. So those games, usually you don't get sick. So it sounds like lightsaber guitar hero. Yes. I'm 100% on board with. That sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> if we're ever in the same place, um, I'll bring my VR set up and you can try that. It's really cool. That would be amazing. <laughs> All right, that's our show, episode 384. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was great. Good to be oh, back. Oh, it was so fun. Mm. Yes. <laughs> oh, the gang's back together. Fun to talk about the episode and everything. Absolutely. If you want to call us after next week's episode and give us your thoughts, uh, you can do that by calling 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. Yeah, right now I'm actually a regular on Strange Indeed because we're covering Lock and Key, which I've been oh, waiting cool. to be a TV show for a long time. So we just are getting started with that. We're just doing it weekly, even though they're all available right now. Oh, that's fun. Okay, that's my incentive to watch it. Yeah, yeah check it out. It's, it's a little more... Um, it's less horrific and a little more teen drama than I would like, but I'm still mm-hmm. really intrigued by it. So I'd be interested to get your feedback Ooh, if you decide yeah, to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Next episode of this podcast is Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 9, Squeeze. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. 
Don't get bit, Grishwam. Do you hear that? The enemy approaches. <laughs> <laughs>